Babe, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. G'day everyone. Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. Super quick introduction because I introduce everything in the live stream. So I'm not going to go through and talk about what we're talking about other than to say it is like no one really, I haven't seen anyone kind of share this stuff publicly. Um, I'm talking about like, I'm going to take you to the back end of my YouTube channel, the back end of my LinkedIn and go like, here's the results I'm getting. This is why I changed my strategy. This is what I've learned from testing and and trying out different things. So if you're wanting to go to a YouTube channel and also if you're trying to understand how LinkedIn video has changed, I'm also going to talk a little bit about that in today's show. Which brings me to the main thing I want to say at the start of this episode, which is like I really put in a lot of effort into doing different stuff, into talking about things and trying things out that other people don't. You know, this isn't just another marketing show and I hope you don't see it as that. My goal is to actually do things that are a bit different, especially on a Friday, because I want to look at like what's happening in the market now, what's changing now with like algorithms and what's working and how to think about that. So if you appreciate that, if you're kind of like, this is super useful, please consider heading over to my Ko-fi page. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. And for the price of a cup of coffee once a month, you get 12 episodes. That's sort of the deal with this, this podcast. But not everyone can afford that. And that's cool. So you don't have to go and pay for that. I'm not going to be like, go and do that. The idea is that like, it, this is based on, you know, people being sound and kind and knowing, hey, if this is helping me out, then I'll pay for it. No problems. And if you can't afford it, that's okay. The, the idea is, is that as this show grows, there's people who can afford it and there's people who can't. The people who can afford it sort of help to pay for the people who can't. So I don't have to put this behind, you know, a gated kind of wall. The other benefit is that, of course, this is part of a way that people get to know about my knowledge and what I can do. And I do get clients from doing this kind of work. So if you're like, I'm going to become a client, then don't worry about this. Don't worry about the, the, the donation thing. It's just that this goes out to a much wider audience than what I could ever cater for within my own consulting business. Speaking of which, I do have a couple of places left. Uh, so I usually take on, I only take on a handful of clients at any one time. I take on about five at a time. At the moment, I'm taking in some clients and I've got two spots left as of recording this, um, which brings me to a question I got asked today in an inquiry, which was about, do I only work with B2B people or do I work with B2C brands as well? So I was like, oh yeah, that's probably not that clear actually, because I do focus quite a lot on talking about the B2B space and what works in the B2B space. And that's largely because of the content I'm creating. So as a content creator, I only do B2B content, right? I don't interview people for B2C purposes, really. It's only to promote themselves to other businesses or to promote themselves as a business. So we're generally going to be talking about, I interview other business people. I don't interview consumers. Right. I mean, we're all consumers, but you know what I mean by that. 
But with strategy, yeah, basically what I do is I help anyone who wants to grow their brand, if their brand relates to some form of knowledge. So for me, it's about are you a teacher, are you a coach, are you a consultant, are you trying to create a membership site, are you doing something where you provide a service because of your intelligence and your knowledge and your skill. Most of the people I work with, they know their stuff, they're smart, they're experts, uh, but they're not necessarily, sometimes they're already putting themselves out there, um, but often they're having either issues with putting themselves out there or they're not sure how to optimize their content. So a big part of what I do is around growth through content marketing, which probably doesn't come as a surprise to you. And as a result, knowledge is such an important part of that. I do also do stuff sometimes where it's about promoting a platform. I have worked with people who are like promoting a platform or promoting a piece of technology, but they're needing to do that through knowledge. I think I've only worked with one company that is actually promoting a physical product that they stand out and it's not really where I like to spend my time and probably also not where I can be of most benefit. It's just that for this particular product, it was in the healthcare space and that's a that's my background. So I understand quite a bit about that. Um, so if you've been wondering that, I just wanted to answer that question. Yes, yes, I'm taking on clients. Yes, it doesn't matter if you're in B2B or B2C. It's about are you providing a service or are you promoting your knowledge in some way? Speakers, authors, all that kind of stuff. They're the people that I work with. I hope that um, clears that up if you had that question in the back of your mind. All right, without further ado, let's get on to the main part of the show today. You might get an ad break here. Sometimes you don't. You might get an ad break here. And I'll be back in a tick. Oh, one more thing. So um, in this intro, I talk about the lockdown in Adelaide and I just saw, just as I've gone to, just about to publish this, that it's coming off lockdown three days early. So apparently there was a lie that sparked the really crazy restrictive lockdown. So that's awesome news. Happy Friday, guys, down in Adelaide. That is freaking awesome ignore what I say at the beginning of this live stream because happy days Adelaide's out of lockdown kind of wish I didn't cancel my accommodation down there now uh so yeah great news for our South Australian listeners down there all right now let's get on to the main part of the show hey there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie really my caramel frappe tastes fine Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. We could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this... Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day, everyone. Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. 
Happy Friday. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're keeping safe. Uh, I got lots of friends in Adelaide who are, we were meant to go down to Adelaide actually. Um, in Adelaide, kind of, you know, really, really stuck at home. Like that's a really strict lockdown. So hope you guys are okay. Hope you have a pet nearby that you can give a cuddle to or a person that's, you know, I mean, without breaking social distancing rules, if they're in your house, it's fine, right? Um, I know people in Melbourne are kind of out and about a bit more as well. Uh, so regardless of where you are in Australia or in the world, I hope you've got something to look forward to this weekend. I'm going to do my part by trying to share something that I think is pretty cool that we can geek out about, that we can kind of forget about, you know, other things in the world and focus a bit on our business and ourselves. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, Oh, whether you're in South Australia or uh, the rest of Australia, actually, I'm going to be also speaking at an event at a public, uh, the Public Speakers Association do monthly events called Hugs in each chapter. And I'm going to be speaking at the South Australian one this Monday night, but no matter where you are, you can come to that. Uh, we're going to be talking about the importance of dialogue in growing your online visibility. So if you're a speaker or if you're also wanting to become a speaker, like you're an emerging speaker, I would consider myself an emerging speaker. I wouldn't consider myself a fully fledged one, but definitely someone who has the ambition to do that. Uh, but my expertise is really like, how do you do this, right? Like when you're not on stage, how do you speak in a way that's going to really draw people in and engage them? And hopefully you guys think I do an all right job at that. So that's what we're going to be talking about on Monday. I'll put a link after this into all the various places that they need to go for you to find out. So wherever you're watching this or listening to this, you can find out more about that. Okay, so let's get on to the fun stuff. So I want to talk about YouTube, YouTube marketing, how to grow your channel on YouTube, the things I realized since the last time I used YouTube, like I used YouTube last time I updated everyone on YouTube, um, about what I'm finding is working. And you might've seen that I've been publishing a few little like, here's some tests I've been doing and here's some of the things I'm finding out. So I'm gonna show you some of the analytics um, that, that, are, that are related to what we're talking about here. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. But I want to start off with talking about what was I struggling with, with YouTube. And like, I talked to a lot of people who struggle with the same thing. So I think these are pretty common problems. So it took me four years to get my first thousand subscribers. And in my last video and podcast episode, I did about this. I was like, uh, I started using a tool called VidIQ um, to start helping me understand how to optimize my content for YouTube search. So vidIQ is a YouTube search tool. Since then, I've been publishing a bunch of content and like I was kind of getting more and more steady growth. So I think I got to a thousand subscribers in June and now I have nearly just under 1,350. So, you know, 350 is more than a third of the way to the next thousand. So it's growing faster. And my, I, my goal is to keep getting it to accelerate far, faster and faster. So I've been learning some things that I can do to do that. And that's what I'm going to share with you. Um, 
So one of the things that I was struggling with, and I need to give a shout out to Anthony English, who I interviewed a couple of weeks ago, and then he gave me all these awesome tips after our um, interview, which wasn't actually about YouTube that much. Um, but then we kind of like went offline and then we we're having a chat and Anthony's like, here's what I've been finding. I need to test this out. So one of the big struggles that I was having was kind of not really fully uh, appreciating the function of what YouTube actually does. Even though I've said it before and I've talked about it before, not really having that knowledge translate into what I was actually creating and what I was actually implementing. So let me give you an example. I was doing a video like this on LinkedIn and people usually largely watch this on LinkedIn, right? It's on YouTube as well. But I was doing this and then I was kind of like, oh, I'll optimize that whole video. I'll take the whole live stream leave it on YouTube and then optimize it with search, uh, you know, words, descriptions, thumbnails, all that kind of stuff. And then just expecting that video to grow and take off, which wasn't a realistic expectation when my subscribers, it's not like I have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, right? I still have like a relatively small amount of subscribers. So I was kind of doing that stuff. And then I was like, oh, these videos aren't getting that much traction here on YouTube, but on LinkedIn, they're actually doing okay all right, so what's going on? What's going on there? Um, the other thing I was struggling with, this was a little bit earlier on, and I think I did mention this in the last episode, uh, the last YouTube episode, was that I was also doing this thing thinking that, okay, if I do an interview as a video, so I used to use Zoom, now I use StreamYard, like I do these ones. And I was thinking like, oh, okay, if I just do the same thing over on uh, on YouTube, like people want to engage in that content, right? So on my podcast, I know lots of people will listen to the whole interview. I've got the stats to kind of prove that, right? I know lots of people download each episode of the podcast. I wasn't seeing those numbers being reflected on YouTube. And you, if you're smart, uh, smarter than me, <laughs> you're probably going, yeah, I know why that was happening, Lauren. Uh, you've actually talked about this on the show before and that's that the context is completely different right? So on LinkedIn, we're playing a very, very different game to the game that we're playing on YouTube. On LinkedIn, we're doing sort of like, we're, we're on the platform, we're hoping people are going to see us as they get onto LinkedIn and they're kind of scrolling through and they're going like, oh, that looks like something interesting. Maybe I should go and check that out. I want to talk a little bit about what's changed with that as well on LinkedIn, because I've noticed some things with that too. So Anyway, I was kind of thinking like I'll create this content and then it will just be automatically repurposed. As long as I tweak those sort of SEO basics, it will be like optimized for search on YouTube and it's getting traction on LinkedIn, it's getting traction on the podcast, happy days, my content's going everywhere and then I can get more views without doing more work, right? So the, the biggest difference that we need to appreciate. And what I, I noticed that this was a misconception when I started publishing the results of my content. So when I started saying like, oh, which YouTube video do you think will do better, right? I published that like uh, a couple of weeks ago and I showed these two headlines and like one video is, these, these pretty much have exactly the same um, search kind of data, right? So one video is about how to get the open to work uh, frame on LinkedIn and the other one's how to remove it as it currently stands. And I'll show you in a second, the one that's about how to remove it, it's like a minute 20 really short video took me hardly any time to create. 
That video has nearly 2000 views on YouTube. The other video, which from the analytics and from doing the research looked like it was going to perform about the same, got, I don't even think it's up to 50 yet, or maybe it's just over 50 now. So a uh, massive difference, right? But not something you necessarily tell with looking at search analytics. So when I published these results on LinkedIn and I said, why do you think this is happening? And it was, it was less of a difference when I published it. So at that point in time, it was like the um, remove one had like 180 views and the other one had like, I think uh, 10, right? So it wasn't like, a, it wasn't thousands uh, of, of difference, but there was, there was definitely still this significant difference between the performance and people were kind of saying like, is it like the color? Is it the um, is it the the gesture on your face? Is it uh, the this is more of an immediate uh, need than the other one? Is it like that more people would be interested in this? And this is what I noticed came up a few times: is people are like, oh, is it because this one's more interesting? And I was like oh, that's the big mistake that we're making if we're trying to just do the same strategy on YouTube that we've been doing on LinkedIn. No, it doesn't really work like that. So what I'm seeing is that, and if we think about this, if we think about the, the user journey, right? And this is the big problem with just optimizing for YouTube search. Think about when you're searching for something online. Do you go to YouTube or do you go to Google? You're probably gonna go to Google, right? Now, so you go to Google, you type in what you're looking for and you don't see what you're looking for. Or sometimes it also happens if Google knows that a lot of people when they're searching for something actually want a video, they'll serve the video on the main search engine result page, right? So I'm just gonna move my microphone up a little bit because I might be getting slowly getting quieter and quieter. So. they're not necessarily going to see any other piece of content that you've created other than the thing that they're specifically looking for. So the idea that it's like, oh, this is more interesting. That's something that we're thinking about with our social media hats on because on social media, we're like, oh, people are on like, say you're like, well, people are on LinkedIn and Facebook, you know, about the same every day. Some days is a little bit more popular than others. And obviously on the weekend on, on LinkedIn, um, it's not as, as popular. So, Let's just not even, let's just take Facebook out of it and just talk about LinkedIn. LinkedIn's better anyway. <laughs> so, so, okay, you go, right, I want to put something out that I think would be interesting that would hook people in and make them th stop their thumbs and go, oh, that's an interesting piece of content, right? That's not what's happening on YouTube. So it's not, it has nothing to do, the, the idea that it's like, oh, this is more interesting implies this idea that it's like, oh, you know, like when we're looking through the newspaper and we're like, oh, that's a really good headline. I need to read more. That's not what I'm seeing is working on YouTube. I'm not seeing it as in like the catchy headline really matters that, that much. The catchy, the catchy thumbnail matters. But if we think about when we're looking for something to help us, what do we want to see? We want it to be really, really crystal clear that this thing is going to help us. The reason I think that the remove in, in that example, and I'll dig into some more stats in a minute. The reason I think the remove one did better was actually just my observation of what was happening in the world around us. So what I noticed was like two things. One, I couldn't work out how to do this. And I like, I'm a massive LinkedIn user. A lot of you guys would know that, right? So I was like, 
how do I take this open to work thing off? Because the only reason I did it, I didn't actually really care about recruiters or anything seeing it. I had it on because I was kind of like, oh yeah, people might not realize that they can get someone who's a contractor to do the work that maybe they're trying to hire for. So that that's how I was kind of thinking of it. And I don't actually think it's a super smart thing uh, to necessarily do. And I think people started cottoning onto that because there were also videos. And when I did my research, I could see that people were talking about why you should take it off. Right. So there wasn't a lot of stuff about putting it on. I knew that LinkedIn had already um, kind of made it super easy to get the frame on your profile because they, when I think they, when they released it, they just had like, do you want to add this kind of, it was just really easy to add. Um, so I was like, I don't think a lot of people, even though I can't see it in when I'm doing my keyword research, I don't think a lot of people actually want to put it on their profile right now. I think a lot of people want to take it off, right? And this is this concept of like almost like anticipating search trends because if something's already trending, yeah, you can probably rank for it. But if you can anticipate a search trend and go, what are actually, what isn't there great information about and what's going to really help people in the market that I'm interested in, in attracting, that's going to that's gonna start to really shift the needle for you. The other big mistake that I've been making with YouTube is seeing YouTube as like the only function it needs to have is to generate interest in building my business. And I'm like, that doesn't actually make sense for my whole like business life strategy because a big part of what I do is I'm a content creator. That's why I have a podcast. It's not just to drive business. It's like, I'm a content creator as well. That's a, that's a platform for me to grow my personal brand so I can do things like speaking, so I can do things like sell books, right? So, and this is going to depend on what your objectives are, but I'm guessing that if you're watching this or you're listening to this and you want to grow your YouTube channel, you're not just seeing it as an avenue for you to attract business, but probably seeing it as an opportunity for you to grow an additional revenue stream, to get more speaking gigs, to get out in the media more, to grow your personal brand, to establish yourself as a thought leader, all those kinds of other things. Like think about how much money you can make as a speaker as well. And then think about also, if you're building a YouTube channel, you're making money off that instead of, I made this point um, earlier this week, instead of paying to like get your content out there, people are coming to you, right? Like it just, to me, it's like a no brainer that it's, that it's a benefit. But when I was trying to fit what I wanted my YouTube channel to be about based on this one objective of growing my business, it wasn't working because it, it was like, I wasn't thinking about that search piece. I wasn't thinking about who is just out there needing help with a problem that I can solve right now in that in that instant i was thinking about how do i get someone interested in my brand and over the course of like a piece of video content they're going to be like oh i like lauren which has its place right but again i think on linkedin that's going to make a lot more sense on something like youtube it's not so i live stream this this is going out on youtube right now right hello if you're watching on youtube but afterwards if it's not getting traction, I actually don't even bother optimizing it. Sometimes I even just like unlist it and all I do is I have it on my website because the objective of this particular video isn't to get new people to subscribe or to generate heaps of views. What this video is for is for people already in my audience who want to learn about this specific thing, they can come and, and see what's happening. So um, I hope that's starting to make sense and please ask questions if, if it's not. 
I want to talk a little bit about now understanding and interpreting analytics because this kind of goes to my point around like YouTube search and Google search and what tools to use and stuff. So I'm going to share my screen, but if you're on the podcast, don't worry because I will like talk through the analytics. So you're not missing out on too much. If you want to see the share screen, uh, Chrome tab. Yeah. Sorry. I can't multitask. Um, then come watch the live. So now guys, I can't see if you're asking me a question, I'm going to be on this other screen over here. Okay. So this is just data from my last like 28 days to get a sense of like, give you a sense of like what's going on here. Right. Lately over the last couple of months, this is low for me to get like under 10,000 views in 28 days is actually quite low. And when I look at, uh, what's been happening over the last, um, few months I think part of it's because people have been spending a lot more time a lot less time on YouTube than perhaps they were before at the moment you can see I've got 1340 subscribers in the last 48 hours I've had just over a thousand views so I don't by any means have a massive YouTube channel but the other thing to keep in mind is my channel is largely business to business so my audience is worth quite a lot um, for things like advertising which means I can monetize uh, much easier, which I think a lot of the people listening and watching this are the kind of the same. So on here, I think this one is in Australian dollars. Um, I think on my phone, it's in US dollars, but essentially estimated revenue for the last 28 days is like 170 bucks. Not, not massive amounts of money, right? But I've only been monetizing it for a few months. And with this kind of stuff, we're talking about playing a long game. So I want to show you a little bit about how I look at some of my videos and see what's working and what isn't. So I'm just going to, for people listening, I'm just going over to my sort of videos sort of thing and we can look at the views. Okay, so let me take you down first to one that's doing outstandingly well. This is the one I mentioned, remove on LinkedIn, uh, open to work frame. Okay, so at the moment, it's got 1,967 views and it's got 15 comments and 45 likes, right? And if you go on Google, I might show you later, but actually both the remove on LinkedIn and the LinkedIn open to work, the last time I checked, are on like right at the, pretty much right at the front, uh, right on the top of Google um, on both the main search page and then the video search page as well. But you can see the uh, how to get the LinkedIn open to work frame only has 43 views, so it has less than 50. All right, so let's actually dig into some of these analytics a little bit more. Okay, so you can see here that like we've got, for people listening, there's like a bit of a, it's not quite a linear line. It's actually, I'd probably say it's sort of looking more exponential um, of like, here's here's how the, the video has grown so far. All right, cool. I kind of already know what's happening with video, but I'm. it's very positive to see that it's not a linear line, as in it's not just like every day it's getting a certain amount of views, but actually it's also kind of as time goes on, it's growing a little bit more exponentially. That's a really good sign. At the moment, oh, the last 48 hours, it's gotten 355 views. Hasn't been generating me heaps of subscribers, but it's been generating me more subscribers for a single video. So at the moment, it's got I've got five. Um, then a lot of the videos that I was putting heaps more effort into have, right? So let's have a look at things like reach and engagement. So when you go to the reach tab on YouTube, it starts to tell you a really interesting story. What it's telling you is like, how many people is the video getting in front of? How many people are clicking through based on that impression? And then how many like unique viewers are there? How many views, et cetera? 
Okay. So that's really useful because then we can start to go like, okay, so the impression click-through rate is 5.1%, which is quite high. When people are, if I can get this video in front of people, they're clicking through. What that's telling me is like the thumbnail is relatively good and the content is being served in the relevant places. I'm pretty sure though with video analytics, this impressions number, you'd have to double check this, is just going to tell me the impressions on YouTube. It's not going to tell me the impressions on Google. And that's really important for the next thing I'm going to show you. So what it does is it tells me if you when you scroll down on the reach tab, it basically starts to tell you the traffic sources. So at the moment, it's telling me that 84.5% of the traffic, which is the majority, is coming from external. So we have to look into that a little bit more. Wait, what does that mean? What, what does external mean? From YouTube search, it's only 8.5%. So those 3.2K um, impressions and the 5.1% click-through rate, I'm pretty sure that's going to be just doing the maths yeah, that's going to be on YouTube, right? So it's only contributing like a uh, hundred and something views overall for optimizing on YouTube search. And this isn't actually that optimized for YouTube search, if I'm honest. Uh, suggested videos, 3%, direct or unknown, 2.4%. So that's things like people have actually specifically typed in that URL. Um, other YouTube features. So they're things like, does it say here? Um, okay, partner promotions on the dashboard, things like that, and then others. Um, and then you can click on see more and it tells you more of about where that traffic is coming from, right? Stay with me. I hope this isn't too boring. This is actually a really, really important part of the thing, right? Okay. So here's another interesting thing. So I also know that most of the people who watch this aren't subscribers, which makes sense, right? Because I'm doing something that's quite specific. I'm telling you how to remove an open to work photo frame on LinkedIn, which I've only got, I've got less than 2000 subscribers. That's may not be relevant to them. So this is a traffic generating video, right? Bell notifications. So bell notifications are when people click the subscribe button and the notification bell, so they can get notified whenever I've released a piece of content. Um, I have 56 subscribers got those notifications right um cool but i got zero percent click-through rate so no one who got that notification actually wanted to see that that's important to keep in mind that tells me things like perhaps i don't need to bother doing something like premiere the video so that people get that like lauren is premiering a video now maybe that would annoy my subscribers because it doesn't feel that relevant to them um now let's dig into the traffic source external. So proportion of total traffic, remember, remembering for people listening along, nearly 85%. Google search is responsible for 62%, right? I'm just going to bring, bring this up as well so you can see how it adds up. So Google search by itself in terms of views has generated 965 views of those and I think this might be a day delayed, so it might be just of a bit less than 2,000 views that we're nearly at now. LinkedIn has generated 28 views. Um, and then we've got some other ones like DuckDuckGo. For some reason, it's still li listing some of the YouTube views as external. I'm not sure why it's doing that. Um, it just says, in some instances, not all details of the referral embedding are known. Um, such traffic might be shown under YouTube, whoops, 
because the video is played within the YouTube player regardless of external location. So that's why it's saying it's external. So it might be like it's because it's from my website or something. Um, in Gmail, so someone from Gmail watched it um, and all these other things. But like LinkedIn, considering this is about LinkedIn and I promote it on LinkedIn and I have quite a lot of followers on LinkedIn, not really a massive generator, right? Um, interestingly though, when I shared on LinkedIn, a little bit of a higher view duration time, that kind of indicates to me things that like people who, who trust me or the other people who've shared it on LinkedIn are more likely to engage longer in the content only by a little bit though. I mean, we're talking about the difference between average view duration from Google search is 57 seconds and LinkedIn is one minute and one second. So it's, it's not that much, but on, in different videos, that might be different, right? Okay, so the big thing I want I want to make a point of here is that this is ranking on Google search. Now, if I go into the back end of this video, as in if I go to edit it, I have a plugin called vidIQ and vidIQ will tell me how this, is, this video is ranking on YouTube. So as you can see here and for people listening, it says the overall vidIQ SEO score is 68 out of 100, which is good. It gives me some checklists of things that I should be doing on the video. And then down in the tags, it tells me what I'm ranking for in relation to different keyword phrases that I've used for this video. So for instance, I've got like LinkedIn open to work photo frame on YouTube, it's ranked as five. How to remove LinkedIn open to work photo frame, um, it's number two. Uh, LinkedIn open to work photo frame is number five. So it's ranking quite highly on YouTube, but YouTube isn't the one that's driving the traffic. And that doesn't surprise me because I, I wouldn't go to YouTube to figure this out, but it doesn't mean that it's not ranking for it. And this was the big thing that I thought a lot of people on YouTube, if they're savvy, are going to do the thing that I was trying to do a few months ago where they just focus on that YouTube tool. But it's not enough. You need to go and look at a tool that's actually going to help you rank on Google. And sometimes it's going to look as you're publishing it, like it's not actually doing that well because it's not ranking on YouTube, but you're getting ranking on, on Google. So really, really important to keep in mind, but I could anticipate all the growth of this video within about two days. I could see, even though it didn't have heaps of views, didn't have hundreds of views. And, and you know, again, if we look at it with our LinkedIn lens on, we're, we're like, well, my video on LinkedIn gets a thousand views. So why would it matter if you've got a hundred views on YouTube? But the thing is with YouTube is it's evergreen, right? Um, which makes a big difference. Okay. I'm just coming back to the main screen to see if anyone commented. All right, cool. Let's keep going. All right. Now let's have a look at just to, how am I going for time? Okay. 26 minutes. All right. <laughs> one more thing. One more thing I want to show you. Okay. So Let's have a look at, because people said to me, well, um, one of the comments I got was like, what about your video that did really well? Like, how did that go, right? So my most popular video is um, this video, The Drama Triangle. I've talked about it before. And you can see from here, it's actually in real time, video views is doing a bit better than that other one that I showed you. So it gets about 400 and it's gotten 480 views in the last 48 hours, which is 10 um, views per hour. Again, it might not sound like a lot, but it adds up. And also the audience that I'm going after is higher value. So I make more money from having a video like this than a video that gets you know, a lot more views, but isn't as, as valuable. 
Okay, so it's had, over the last 28 days, had 6.1 thousand views, which is actually way under what it would usually have. But I think this is, again, because of how people are spending their time online. Because this is like, you know, kind of like everywhere. Like this video is, it's been consistent for a long time. I've been following the analytics for a long time and I'm familiar with the, the, the flux and I know how it kind of, how it kind of works. But if I showed you those same kind of things, we're in the last 28 days, I'm going to show you what happened since it was uploaded. So for people listening along, I'm just going back to like what actually happened with this video that, you know, supposedly is like my best video, right? So it's had 302,000 views in its lifetime. Um, and I uploaded it back in, oh, okay, it's not showing me data back in 2016, but I uploaded it back in 2016. It's not kind of showing showing us that kind of stuff. But you can see until the okay what have we got here 2019 yeah then it started that that was actually that's really interesting I wonder what happened there um let me go into advanced mode so I can actually show you more data okay here we go okay so I uploaded this on the 10th of April 2016 and got 38 views on its first day probably half of them were from me because it was my first ever YouTube video that I uploaded um, and then for like the next six months, it didn't do very well, right? And like I'm just scrolling along the bottom here and you can see it's like five views, three views, like this is in a day, like maybe you'll get zero or maybe maximum like, you know, 13, you know, four, eight, 16. And then I had this day where it just suddenly took off massively and it got 179 views in one day. Again, like if you're thinking about like Facebook and LinkedIn, you're like, that's nothing. Like why would 179 views matter that much? Probably what happened here, I'm guessing, is someone who had some influence shared it. I can't work, work it out. I've tried to work out what happened. But anyway, it just, or, or it got more highly ranked on Google. So it went from like below, you know, say like fifth or sixth position on Google up to like second. So suddenly heaps more people were seeing it on Google. That could be another another reason. Anyway, still nothing to like get too super excited about. Then, it, you know, then it's, and then it started to grow. So it wasn't actually, when I compare, so this is something that you can do on the back end of your, um, on your YouTube video is, oh, here's the one that we're broadcasting now, is you can actually compare it to other videos. So let me compare it to the how to remove LinkedIn open to work photo frame. And you can see here, it's very small because we've got this over the whole lifetime of the drama triangle has been up for four years. But you can see that like the video that I've uploaded now is doing way better than the drama triangle video was doing then. And like, again, I'm, I'm still trying to work out exactly why that kind of happened. But I think part of it could be either the, the 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 trend in search change so more people were searching for the drum tri triangle just six months after I uploaded it and my video was ranked highly so it started getting traction or it could also be um that uh someone shared it heaps of people started watching it and then you know it could be it could be a combination of the two but like the thing that we need to realize now, let me show you a video that's like, so I'm going to take the drama triangle off. Let me show you um, in comparison from like two videos that I've done recently, right? And how I can sort of look at what's, what's doing better. 
So, okay, I did these two videos. I had one that was like how to get LinkedIn live, how to get LinkedIn live streaming. And then I did one that was like how to create a LinkedIn newsletter, right? And for the first week, they basically were on, they were performing about the same. And then the next week, they were pretty much performing the same. And now there's started to be more and more of a gap that's between the two. So the LinkedIn live one currently has like 65 views. Again, doesn't sound like a lot, right? Still much better than where the drama triangle was at at this point. The how to create LinkedIn newsletter one has 73 views. So it's almost a, almost 10 difference, which isn't a lot, right? But let me show you why my money is on the LinkedIn newsletter one doing heaps better. So let me go to, first I'm going to go to the analytics of the LinkedIn live. Okay. So you can see here, it's performing better. It's actually performing better than average because I've got lots of videos that haven't done that well because I didn't know how to really make the most of the platform. Um, but if I go to that reach tab again and I look at traffic sources, I'm like, okay, so the LinkedIn live traffic, main traffic source is actually end screens. Now, the reason is, is because on my remove LinkedIn um, video, I put this as the end screen, Right. And I wasn't worried about it being a confounding variable in the experiment because I could see if it was like, you know, the end screen was generating traffic. So I wasn't too worried about that. 10% is coming from external. We'll have a look at that in a second. And then 9.2% is coming from YouTube search. So when we look at external, 42.9% um, of that external traffic is Google search. Um, and then I'm just going to go into that a little bit more. So it's generated like, three views not very much right but this video doesn't have have heaps of views anyway it's getting an okay impression click-through rate so when it's showed on youtube it's getting about three percent um and it will grow a bit over time but i think over time if that end screen wasn't there it probably would go dead and that happens to a lot of videos they'll get a bit of traction at the beginning and then they just won't go anywhere they won't keep growing so what you're looking for in those early days is growth and what's dr driving traffic they're the two main things all right final final thing so the other one the how to create linkedin newsletter one oh whoops that's the editing area so this one has 74 views it's actually generated a subscriber as well, which is awesome. I didn't check that on the last one. I don't think it did. And it's interesting because in this video, just spoiler alert, I literally am like, you probably don't have it. You probably don't have the newsletter option and that's why you can't create a newsletter. Here's how you double check. And I go through that because I spent all this time looking for it and realizing I just didn't have access to it. And I kind of explain that because LinkedIn didn't, I don't think LinkedIn pointed it out very well. Okay, so this one, 387 impressions, 10.3% impression click-through rate. So that's telling me that this thumbnail, when it when it's appearing on YouTube, people are like, oh, I want to read, I want to watch that. Right? Um, traffic sources, so 54% is YouTube search, 35% is external. And then we have like other things like browse features, channel pages. So where it's popping up on people's, you know, when they open YouTube and stuff like that. Proportion of Google search from external is 84. 85%. So if, again, if we dig into that a little bit more, Google search has driven 20 views, right? 20 views versus the other one had three. 
So that's telling me that this is actually something people are actively searching for. This is something that people are interested in finding out about. But a lot of people guessed, when I put this up again, a few people guessed across uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. They said to me, I think the LinkedIn Live one will do better because that's probably more relevant. But again, remember the interest doesn't matter in the same way when we're thinking about search versus social. So for me here, I'm like, I'm really happy with this video. It might look like you're like 74 views. That's nothing. I could get that like that on LinkedIn. But the thing is, is I'm like, I'm getting paid for this. People are actively choosing to watch this video. And a lot of that LinkedIn data, and this is the point I want to end on, is actually vanity metrics. So I'm going to show you, hopefully this won't stuff up because I'm doing LinkedIn on LinkedIn. I'm going to show you um, what actually happens on my LinkedIn results because this is super interesting. Okay, so now we're current, you can see I'm currently live. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to my profile page and I'm just going to double check that you guys can see that. Yes, yeah, sweet. Okay, so I'm going to go to my post. So hopefully this isn't going to bring up. Yeah, there we go. All right, that, I hope that doesn't, yeah, start playing. Okay, no, it's cool, it's not. Okay, hi guys, you can see yourselves. <laughs> so LinkedIn Lives I find generally at the beginning, this is pretty typical. I'm not gonna get heaps of views on LinkedIn. For people listening, it's like currently on LinkedIn, eight views of your LinkedIn Live, right? I'm not worried about that. I'm not concerned about that. Um, what I am really interested in is what drives traffic, what drives impressions, and what drives click-throughs. So I actually think that social media primarily, and this isn't a new idea, isn't about getting people to engage in long-form content. It's not the kind of thing that we're sitting there going like, I want someone to sit down and watch this whole video. If you can do that with like a viral video occasionally, awesome. And, and you will win big for that. You'll get much more reach and things like that. But I think once we have an established network, one of the big benefits of a social media platform is to continuously remind people that, hey, I'm here. I don't need you to go and watch this content, but I'm here. So this like how to keep clients happy video didn't get much, uh, didn't get much views on YouTube from LinkedIn. I can see that in the analytics, but it got 822, 822 views on LinkedIn right? So it got quite a lot of reach um, versus like this video I did last week got 93 views. And this is what I've been finding over time is video views have gone down and down, not just with lives, but also with video in general, just with my own content. When you reshare something, it does really badly. So this one has like 69 views, um, this is the PSA um, chapter hugs thing I, I mentioned before, but it's because I reshared it. So when you reshare a post, it doesn't really do that well on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also finding that depending on the guest will depend on how many views a piece of content gets. Um, this video, that this is just a YouTube video being promoted and sorry for people listening. It's the video I did for my Monday motivation on buyer's remorse and boundary setting. Um, so in terms of uh, views, this got 750 views on my LinkedIn feed. Now, I used to get way more views on LinkedIn than I do now. And I think that's just because as the algorithm's changing, as, as more people are using it, more people are potentially posting, I think it's like you can't win as big as you were winning a while ago with LinkedIn. And you guys know I love LinkedIn, but this is just, this is just something I've noticed. 
Um, so I'm finding that like doing these videos on LinkedIn and doing um, content on LinkedIn, what's actually really working for me best is promoting my YouTube stuff and using that as a way to generate impressions and not worrying so much about pe whether people watch it. What I'm worried about is when people are on YouTube, are they, are they watching my content? And I can see that really easily with YouTube analytics in a way that I can't see it with, um, with LinkedIn. Sorry, just saw the comments now. Jeremy, you said, I always come in at the end here. Need to see how I get notified when you go live. Oh yes, good evening, my friend. Hi, Jeremy, nice to see you again. Amber, you said, does it matter when we add end cards to the videos? Meaning at the time of upload versus weeks later, would it matter? Are you uploading videos natively or sharing your YouTube links? So Amber, fantastic questions. Thank you and hello. Um, so first question, does it matter when we add end cards to the videos? Well, ideally you wanna add end cards as soon as you can um, because it just becomes like an opportunity to promote more content. So end cards for people who don't know, that's like having your YouTube video. You might have like, here's an up next video. Here's like subscribe to my channel. And maybe there's even a link to your website. If you've got a thousand subscribers, you can also link to your website, which is what I do as well. Um, if you add them later, it's still better than not adding them at all. Right. Because like, Usually it takes a while for YouTube, like I was saying before, it takes a while for YouTube videos to take off, you know, like, um, but you want to have the, 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 the benefit of it being there. So the sooner the better, but absolutely, if it's like, if you did it weeks later, it would still be worth it. If you have a video that's not going to get any more traction in those following weeks. I mean, for me, sometimes I just get rid of the video. Like I don't um, delete it because then it like takes away the views from my, my channel overall, but I just like, um, I just unlist it or I set it to private and then you can keep the views, but you don't need to have the piece of content there because it's not performing well. It's not going to do anything for you. Right. And maybe if it gets like, once I see a video getting like one or two views in a month, I kind of start to go, oh, it's like just dropped off. It's not worth it. I wouldn't bother adding an end screen to a piece of content like that because I wouldn't even bother worrying about people watching it. And then the other question you asked, Amber, is are you uploading videos natively or sharing your YouTube link? So that's what I was just walk walking through. Maybe I saw this after I, I showed it, but I used to do a lot of native content on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Live is the native piece of what I do now. I just found that like, I think it was about halfway through last or maybe towards the end of 2019. What I found is like where I'd been getting 3000 views, pretty video views pretty easily. Um, it went from that doing exactly the same thing to getting like 500 maybe. And I think what it was, was that LinkedIn changed this is my guess. I don't have proof of this. I think LinkedIn changed the algorithm so that instead of looking at how many people engaged with the video and commented on the video and liked the video and stuff, shared it, whatever, they started looking at how long are people watching the video content. And it's really hard to keep people engaged for a long period of time. So what I'm finding, some of those results that I showed there aren't completely indicative of what I'm finding with LinkedIn Live. What I find is that like if I'm interviewing someone and we're both quite active on LinkedIn, then that video will probably get like 200, 300 views, right? Um, which is pretty interesting because I'm like, 
uh, once a LinkedIn live is kind of off, I don't know how much people really want to watch a live that's not live. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of finding that interesting, but with the native, I just stopped. I just stopped. Cause I was like, what's the point of me putting something up that people aren't watching long enough. And then it's not, I, I'd rather drive people back to my YouTube channel. I'd rather people be curious in the content and then go and click my YouTube channel and be more like, YouTube channel, YouTube video, go on my YouTube channel and maybe become a subscriber because I'd rather have like, I'd rather have five video views like that on YouTube than 50 on LinkedIn where I'm like, they might've been watching for three seconds. Um, and that that's what I think happens a lot with social media. My, I want both. I want reach and engagement. And I can, I know I can get reach and engagement time and time again, if I use impressions for social media and then views on YouTube. And I also can make money off that, you know? So I'm just like, I would rather that than have like these bullshit three second views on LinkedIn for a video that like doesn't really go anywhere and then isn't getting that much reach. And then only 50 people see it anyway. So I'm just like, sorry for ranting, but I just, I'm like, I don't see the point of doing that. Um, okay. Oh, final thing <laughs> is if you're kind of looking at this and going, well, okay, cool. You said Google search is important. How do I do that? I recommend using a tool called Ubersuggest. I'm not going to go into how to use it because Neil Patel amazingly has done a whole free course on how to grow your YouTube channel using Ubersuggest as a tool. So if you go to like neilpatel.com forward slash training, I'll put it in here. He'll go through all of that with you. It's amazing. But if you're kind of like, I didn't have time. I just want someone to like audit my content, figure out what to do, work out how to get me the most bang for my buck and also help me to get my YouTube channel monetized faster, get views more. That's the kind of stuff that I can help with as well. So I don't do like the implementation, but I can, I'm happy to have a chat with you if you want to work out like how do I actually do this strategically? How do I make this, how do I make this happen? It's sort of like the stuff I used to do on LinkedIn as well, but I'm just like, I really think investing more time doing YouTube for content, LinkedIn for um, reach and, and kind of combining it that way is better. That's just what I found myself. So if you want to do more investigation into like what content you have on YouTube, how you can optimize it for Google, how you can repurpose it, all that kind of stuff, check out the content audit tool that I shared last week. I'll put a link in here as well. You can just go to my homepage and check it out. And Amber, you said, thanks, Lauren. Makes sense. The YouTube strategy. I've just started my YouTube channel. I prefer people to visit that too as part of a branding strategy. Yeah, that that's exactly my sense of it as well, Amber. Like, um, I, I think that's awesome, by the way. And like, like I said, happy to share like some pointers. Hopefully this video has helped um but definitely if you're if you're in this position or anyone else on youtube like my recommendation from just preliminary findings on, on what's working and what's not by deliberately testing things is like google first youtube second for youtube it's really weird but it's like a lot of people aren't doing that it's kind of like a little hack it might not work in the future but test it out for yourself like there's no harm right test it out see what happens when you optimize for google using a tool like Uber suggests instead of optimizing for YouTube, using a tool like vidIQ. Um, thank you so much for your comments, Jeremy and Amber. Great to see you guys. Um, have a lovely weekend and I will be back on Monday for a Monday motivation episode on the podcast and always here on Friday, same time, 11 a.m., put in your calendar so you remember for next time, 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings times. 
times, time. All right, until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. See you later. All right, guys, so that's it from me for today. If you enjoyed that, think of someone who else who might enjoy that as well if you found it helpful. Think of someone else who might find it helpful. Send it to them, especially if they're in lockdown at the moment. Send it to them as a little present to get them geared up to start doing stuff on YouTube. This is a great time. If you're in lockdown, you've got a few days where you can't get out of the house. This is a great time to be filming. It will also kind of help you feel connected. It's really interesting that video does that. I think that's a really kind of silver lining is like we do a lot of creative work when we're on our own or when we're bored. So if you can use that opportunity, uh, awesome. Reach out to me if you have any questions or um, or you want any more tips with YouTube. As you can tell, I'm pretty, I get pretty nerdy about this pretty quickly. So <laughs> just be prepared for that. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll be back on Monday to help you with more ways to improve your customer experience. Cheers, guys.